0: Welcome to Spilling the Tea with UHPP, where TEA stands for Truth, Education, and Advice Surrounding Sexual Health. Get your cups and cozies ready, because the tea is what? H-O-T, hot.
1: Welcome to our podcast. You're here with the sexual health educators at Upper Hudson Planned Parenthood. My name is David.
0: Maya is on the cast.
2: Uh, And so so is Sarah. And so is Sarah. We are all here. We are ready to party.
1: Cool. All right. Today we'll be talking about technology and sexual health. The fact of the matter is that whether you feel good or bad about it, technology has had an effect on sexual health. Some negatives, some positives, similarities, but ultimately we're going to be delving into that conversation today. And we just want to point out that this is not an exhaustive list of topics just points that are of interest or popular within our group
0: okay um and speaking of our topic before we get started um something that we wanted to do was ask a few different people um how they thought technology affected um sexual health and sex education and things like that um so One of the first blurbs that we have, Sarah, did you want to do the one that you got from somebody?
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks, Amaya. So we had somebody in their mid-20s living in the area when we had asked what their take on the topic was. They had said that technology, in their opinion, has desensitized people when it comes to sexual health, but has also made things more accepted um, and made people feel more accepted in general and willing to ask questions
0: okay um and i would say i asked someone who was well i asked 2 people um, one was like in their 40s and one was in their 60s but they interestingly said kind of like the same thing um they basically said that sexual health information and sex education was basically like at their fingertips they could go and look online and figure out you know, like if they're having a problem, what's what what can I do to fix this problem? What do I um, need to address this situation, or where can I go for help? What 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 does this mean? All those other things. It could just easily look it up, get the answer, and not have to feel embarrassed about asking somebody. So, yeah, just basically having information at fingertips when it comes to technology and sex education.
2: And I think those are like repeated themes. Yeah, you said makes sense, David.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I think those are some repeated themes that we'll probably hear about throughout our podcast that even we have discussed. Um, and because this topic is so wide-ranging, we decided to break it up into uh, four main categories. One, which is how technology has affected accessibility, um, like to information or services. Another category, how different types of connections people have or make have been affected privacy and security, and then also the effects on sexual activity and pleasure. So the idea is for us to talk about each topic, point out the advantages, disadvantages of each, then at the end kind of suss out if tech has, you know, been mainly positive, negative, or neutral in its effects, same, better or worse. Um, So let's get started, shall we?
0: Mm Okay,
2: good. <laughs> um, so let's start with technology's effect on accessibility. People's ability to retrieve information and content. And this kind of goes back to what you were saying, Omai, with the people that you had sort of interviewed, right? Access to information at your fingertips kind of feeds into that instant gratification. You have a question, you need it now. There's really no reason um, for people young people in general, anybody to really rely on others for that information when you can just go to the Google search engine, type it on in um, on your own time, when it's comfortable for you in your own way, at your own convenience. And I think other organizations in the area have really done a lot with this, knowing that people you know, are more apt to kind of check out information on their own time there are a lot of hotlines out there text lines that people can write into chat bots um, to get information on sexual health um, learn about services and whatnot so those are all i would say pretty big positives um, when it comes to accessibility on the flip side We do have to be careful when we're checking out information always say to the kids don't believe everything you read on urban dictionary right let's talk about wikipedia as a starting point (laughs) but um we don't don't use it as like your main information because not everything is so accurate and it might not be so inclusive it's really easy to kind of get tricked with or tripped up with like that fake news Um, and also in order to access these things you have to have a computer or a smartphone So the plus and the minuses. But going back to the chatbots, right? We have a really good chatbot, it's called Ask Roo. We have a lot of different services that people can have access to with the help of technology in terms of um, our healthcare expansion. Do you wanna speak more to that, David?
1: Yes, so for healthcare expansion, uh, a big thing that we are starting to implement due to COVID and all that stuff, and I think we're gonna be keeping it. with Upper Hudson Planned Parenthood and, you know, other doctors, services, hospitals, is telehealth. So through Planned Parenthood and telehealth, um, you can get, you know, wellness counseling slash therapy. You can uh, get consultation for birth control, um, amongst other services. And you could find those uh, those services at our website at UHPP.org. And for. A lot of patients of ours, a lot of patients for hospitals and people who need other services. Um, distance is not so much of an issue uh, for some of the patients in rural areas and people who are, you know, don't have modes of transportation or have trouble with transportation. Um, because you know, with an internet connection, laptop, phone, uh, whatever, you can get that those services. <laughs> And even without an internet connection, if you have some type of phone, um, a lot of places will just do it over, you know, voice, voice chat. So that's a really good thing. Some negatives for, you know, within the healthcare category, telehealth can't be used for all purposes. There are some things you need to obviously be physically at, you know, uh, uh, health, you know, hospital, office. A lot of issues with online video chat and phone it's a little impersonal um so you it's a little more obviously you know having the doctor the nurse um in person you get more of a connection and you can i don't know for me when i do like some hospital sessions therapy sessions and all that there's a more of a connection and i can Mm -hmm. focus a little more on the subject at hand as opposed to you know doing it at home where the dog is barking construction, all that stuff. Another big issue is maintaining security, uh, you know, like a lot of hospital offices, their, their security on their internet connection, it, you know, more than likely it's really, really good. Um, but home Wi-Fi can sometimes be not as secure. And, you know, some things we'll have to deal with and you can change security settings. Then the other big thing is some healthcare providers, you know, individual providers may have issues with comfortability using tech. Um, they might may not be as tech savvy, so that that's that can be an issue. But I think slowly, um, most uh, healthcare providers are adapting really well, especially six, seven months in of this uh, quarantine. So. But that brings us to a similar similar category, education expansion.
0: Yes, education. I'm going I'm to say my little blurbs on that. So when it comes to education, on the positive side, when it comes to technology, we've seen that it's been able to expand. Like when um, everything was happening with COVID and people had to, like, start taking kids out of school um, and people started to have to operate out of the home one thing that really came through was being able to like resort technology which is like zoom or um discord or google classroom to still be able to educate kids and that also applies to sexual health as well a lot of people like worried about like you know how are people still going to be able to get their sex education this year when we're all stuck at home especially when you have like um school districts who use people like uh who use our education department and educators who come in from different organizations to come in and teach um so we were trying to figure out how you could do that but with all this technology available to us we could do it straight from our homes and still be able to have like access to educating for those students so distance kind of goes out of the way but on the flip side of that some people just a lot of students have reported that they just like don't learn as well online in an online setting as well as they do in person some people just like aren't as like their brains just aren't as equipped to just learn as well when they're like doing an online class um and then not to mention sometimes you have to be pretty tech savvy to like kind of navigate through some of the educational platforms. If you don't know all the features for Zoom or for Google Classroom, whether you're a teacher or a student, um, it could be hard to jump into those and kind of resume with the education that you were going to do if you were in person. So that could definitely be a thing. I've heard a lot of students complain about like, um, getting used to that like platform and a lot of teachers kind of um, talking about their struggles, getting used to doing that over the other. Um, And then another thing that you could talk about, which is kind of in the vein of education, but kind of going into something else, is outreach. So um, being a part of the education department, outreach is a big part of our jobs. And that could mean going out on the street and handing out sexual health resources, information, condoms, you know, anything that someone could need um, that we could just hand them in like a quick little bag or or a safer sex kit or something like that. Um, But obviously with COVID, we're not going to be going out and handing people things. so that type of outreach is kind of cut off and while we could use like technologies to do outreach in terms of like spreading information like through social media and all that some of the some of the other benefits of outreach that you get when you're in person kind of just are non-existent so some some pros and some cons to that and then another thing that's like a pro that's kind of still in the vein of education i would say is having to do with like normalization right if you look back to before when technology made sexual health information so readily available um it was a lot easier for things to feel like they weren't normalized or they were um taboo but when things are just at your when information is just at your fingertips you could just it's easier to feel like it's not so strange it's easier to feel like it's not so um taboo so being able to get that information just makes it feel like a little i don't know a little more normal for you a little more positive um but yeah and then i guess the last thing i would say when it comes to accessibility kind of going back to what Sarah was saying in the beginning when it came to like if you don't have a smartphone or if you don't have a computer also in the same vein of that is like if you got bad wi-fi if you got um restrictions to internet use of some sort like maybe you don't always have access to a phone you don't always have access to a computer that is like a smart device then that could really get in the way of all these benefits that we're talking about so it's kind of like a back and forth yeah what do y'all think
2: yeah i was just gonna say um to wrap that up, you know, thinking about people's I don't know, for for lack of a better phrase, like accessibility to accessibility, right? We we know that people have been able to take like online courses for at least like the last ten years, I wanna say, right? So it's not new, but we're relying on it, especially now with the current conditions that we're realizing even here in Albany, you know, not everybody has access to Wi-Fi. Right? Um, how many schools had to send out like iPads and computers to their students so they could keep up with work or even people who have different, um, you know, disabilities, whether it's a physical disability or even a cognitive or behavioral, right? Um, these are all kind of things that we have to think about when it even comes to people being able to have access to information, get the information, understand the information, retain it um, and whatnot. But I think, you know, so unfortunately slowly, but surely we're kind of stepping back and realizing that that we as like a community and society really have to do better to like make this access as inclusive as possible. Um, and I'm really glad you brought up the connection part two, David, when talking about maybe like telehealth and some people prefer that um, the distance, but other people I think like you were saying that distractions can be tough or not really having like that personal sort of connection so i guess it just depends
1: on who you are like the privacy sometimes mm-hmm. you don't want you know your mom or your sister or whoever listening in on you you know discussing certain details about your health so yeah that's a tough one too yeah
0: thousand percent definitely definitely um and then we can transition a little bit to our next kind of topic our next like category if you will um which is going to be connections and relationships um and let's see let's get started so when it comes to connections and relationships and technology and how is it affected how we connect how we make these relationships one of the first things that we could bring up is effects on communication so some positives for sure is it gives people who have a hard time communicating traditionally new ways to communicate effectively instead of having to either talk face to or, face or write something down and send a letter or something like that, which people might have in the past have had like an issue with communicating all of their feelings completely as concisely or as clearly as they would desire um there's other ways to do that now if you don't want to talk face-to-face you can talk on the phone if you don't want to um write a letter or talk face-to-face there is email there is texting there are other ways to get your feelings and your ideas and your thoughts out to somebody without having to do it face-to-face um and in ways that that can make you a little more uncomfortable
2: yeah
0: um or you can also, do it it can
2: be, face-to-face I was going to say, you can do a face-to-face with like FaceTime or, you know, if you like sign language or whatnot, you can just be on there. (laughs) Yes.
0: So you could do a face-to-face and not be in person. So not being in person is the vein, (laughs) is the like common thread. You don't have to be in person to do those things or have to do something physical to be able to get that out, like a letter or something like that. And it could also be more convenient. If you want to say something to somebody or have a conversation, it doesn't have to be like, well, how soon can we meet up? Or how soon can I send you this um, information or this letter? It could be like, well, how soon could you get a phone call? How soon could you hop on uh, FaceTime? How soon could you send this text back? So that's definitely a positive when it comes to effects on communication. But on the flip side, because there's mm. always a flip side, <laughs> <laughs> Not always. Mm-hmm. Um, some negative effects on communication could be, um, and I've heard a lot of people debate this, particularly like older people. Um, talking about like younger people and how like access to technology and growing up with it has like changed how we communicate with each other um is the idea that now with technology making communication so much more like accessible and convenient is talking face to face or using traditional methods of communication harder for people um, and that's like, that's an interesting question to explore. I think, I don't think it necessarily makes it I think I think that people have different options now and the other options that aren't as traditional, it can just be so much more convenient. So when you've grown up with those other options that are more convenient when it comes to communicating, whatever you need to communicate to whoever you need to communicate it to you're just more inclined to pick the easier thing to take the easier road um and that can have an impact on like what face to face communication can be like because if you need to say something you don't always have that technology to buffer like in some situations it might be harder to to say what you have to say or do what you have to do but i think i think it depends what do y'all think about what do y'all think about that is talking face to face harder than it used to be
1: Maybe. I think uh, especially with working from home or taking classes from home uh, my big thing is you know through texting or email I have a lot more time to think about what I'm going to say. Uh, you know the whole think before you speak thing. Like even when we do the uh, like meetings through Zoom or Jeans or whatever platform you use even then um, I feel like I get like a few extra seconds or a minute to think about how I want to respond to things. Um, Mm. but you know, when we get back to, you know, physical face-to-face meetings, I'm wondering how all of this quarantining digital virtual stuff will affect some people and how they, you know, converse. Mm -hmm.
2: yeah Yeah, those are those are really good points yeah i would be interested too to just to see the effects of this kind of different lifestyle for people who have been able to adopt it i'm not necessarily sure communication has or you know pick up on social cues have become harder which i've heard that too especially you know um during like the interview process you know but also like when we talk about social cues who decided what those social cues are, you know, and what's okay and what's right. And um, I think it just brings off some differences in perspective and and challenge and whatnot when it comes to the texting versus the talking or however you might communicate debate. But definitely a layered
1: question, for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. For sure, for
1: sure. I think we need to start sending more uh, handwritten letters. That would be... Maybe, I don't know when's the uh, last time you all sent or received a handwritten letter. but.
2: Uh, good question. I definitely thought about it. I always like getting mail. Anybody who's out there,
1: 855
2: Central Ave.
0: <laughs> all right. So that's effects on communication. Um, what about finding and building community? David, what do you think?
1: yeah um we've always had uh well not always but recently even before virus and all that stuff we've always had uh online stuff to group together find uh, common things to talk about but now more than ever uh, with everything going on a lot of companies and like platforms social media platforms uh have definitely kicked it into high gear and have, like, advanced their services. So there are a lot of more, like, social media, there's uh, there's more, like, group functions, like private groups. And uh, I mentioned this in a meeting before that there are, they're starting to come out with, you know, audio-only social media where you can discuss, you know, common interests. So there are ways for people with, uh different sexual identities, um, other groups where there's representation of different body types, uh, sex positivity, and, you know, there are more types of, like, forums, like chat forums and chat rooms. Yes, there still are chat rooms. And there's uh, a website that used to be more for, like, physical meetings um, for people of different interests, like hiking, hiking. Rollerblading, it was called Meetup.com, but now I know they're implementing, you know, group meetings online, so you can discuss, you know, your favorite TV shows or any random subjects. Um, and then networking, again, we had that technology before, like LinkedIn, but now again, we're developing new ways to network through, you know, you know, you don't have to wait and travel to, you know, an interview or a mentor whatever, you can just do it from home. And negatives, negatives, you know, the polar opposite of finding a community with common interests. It's easier for prejudicial and hate groups to infiltrate, if you may, um, social media groups. And in that way they can spread, you know, that negative rhetoric, specifically, you know, with the idea of anonymity in social media and groups, you know, especially online, you can have like a fake profile picture and put in fake information and then, you know, just troll. And there is, you know, as a social media guy for Upper Hudson Planned Parenthood, there is a lot of that, especially, you know, even on like just general bullying level, which sucks. But, yeah, that, that's certainly a negative, but folks can, you know, build positive communities. That's
2: the plan, right? The good outweigh the bad, whatever those two yes. words even mean. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, right, connections, connections, connections. We build them. We maintain them. I feel like that's to a degree what makes the world go round and, um, with computer use and cell phone use, um, especially now when it comes to finding those connections, um, intimate uh, relations specifically, right? Um, I think it's a lot easier to find potential partners and build those relationships. Um, There are plenty of dating sites that have been made, right? I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with Tinder. There's also Grindr, Bumble. There's OkCupid. There was eHarmony. I don't know if that's a thing. I remember seeing commercials for that when I was... Younger. Uh, yeah, farmers only, so only J date, right? So we've got all these <laughs> different types of sites, which is really cool because they cater to certain populations, right? Um, which can certainly help if you're looking to stick within a certain age group or find people who have, you know, similar interests as you are, like David was saying before, um, or know who follow like a certain faith or religion. Um, so that's really nice being able to. Be introduced to the variety of dating and widening the dating pool. I know y'all we were talking about um, how distance right can be uh, an obstacle when it comes to meeting other people. Um, We were saying that, you know, back in like, I feel like since the beginning of time up until like the 50s or the 60s or the 70s. I'm not really sure when, you know, if you weren't traveling um, and you're looking for a partner, chances are you're going to find that partner around the corner from you right in the same neighborhood or if you're in an apartment building on the floor above or below you. So, um, you know, having these types of tools at your disposal can allow people to reach farther and wider than they have before when it comes to, um, yeah, pursuing relationships and also networking as well. Um, You know, kind of finding, finding different people who are not necessarily in your circle, Um, people who are different from you, people who are uh, alike and whatnot. Um, I'm sure y'all watched MTV growing up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right um so mtv i think did a really good job of highlighting what catfishing is right um where they have kind of like the episodes and it's like is this person on this like dating website or you know however you're connected with them are they real or are they not um and then there are like these true crime shows about catfishing and whatnot right so um that's a risk as well when it comes to you know, making these connections or pursuing relationships in the realm of these technological advancements. Um, how can you really trust and know that who you're talking to on the other side of that phone is who they say they are? Um, I know that was a thing that parents were really concerned about with their children, you know, in chat rooms and you know, um, just kind of talking to a lot of different people. I have older siblings and that's been a concern for them. Um, even growing up for me, I think that was a concern for my parents. And not only you know the possibility of being catfished and being in a ter- really terrible situation as a result of that, but also bots. There are a lot of fake profiles out there um, that target people for whatever reason. And as many sites as there are that kind of help people to find community, um, there are also those like websites that target certain people um, and trick them, you know, maybe into into being in in um. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, abusive or like, you know, unhealthy relationships, right? Have Have y'all heard of like sugar dating before? I'm sure you've heard of like oh, yeah. sugar babies or, you know, whatnot. So mm-hmm. I, that kind of arrangement is painted so that, you know, usually a younger person is set up in relation with somebody who's older and wealthier. And there's kind of like a financial sort of um, accommodation that's made there. But a lot of times you know, these people just end up in these relationships and they think they have to do certain services or they're not gonna, you know, be able to survive and they get taken advantage of. Um, So all these things to look out for definitely make this part of, you know, technology and and community and connection a little more difficult. Um, Also having the free and dry access to these different options, I feel like it can be super liberating, you know, and kind of open up your eyes and make people hopeful. Um, but I've also heard that with so many options and so many different ways of meeting people that, um, I don't know, have you all heard this argument that maybe people are not as apt to commit or they're kind of waiting for the next thing to, like, come up or, you know, something better or or how would this e- easier to kind of leave people on read or ghost them? You know, like you were saying, Dave, with the the uh, anonymous factor. Um, which would say that's a bad thing I mean, it doesn't seem like the prettiest thing to do But, you know, I mean, we're all trying to live our lives
0: um, Yeah, I've definitely yeah. seen that, like, come up, I would say Either, like, on TV or in real life Or, like, in, on, like, shows and things like that Where people are kind of, like, having conversations Surrounding, like, um, people ghosting people People sending people up People leaving people on red. Like, there's a show on MTV like, MTV just keeps coming up, huh? <laughs> I guess, like, isn't that old? It's called ghosting or ghosted? hmm And it's basically mm-hmm. where, like, it's these people who had a relationship of some sort. It could have been online or it could have been, um, like, in the physical world. And all of a sudden, those people just kind of disappear, like, from oh, yeah, somebody's yeah, yeah. life. Yeah, you probably didn't. Yeah, and then, like, the whole show is just, like, these two people helping this one person who got ghosted, like, they call them The Haunted.
2: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, help The Haunted find the ghost, who the person who ghosted them, and then they, like, hunt them down and track them down, and then they get them in one room, and they're just like, why did you ghost me? And it's was like, well, oh this is gosh. why I ghosted you. And then, like, the whole thing at the end is, do you decide to continue to ghost them, or do you decide to, like, try to mend this relationship? With, yeah. Um. Wow, like, and do, yeah. they cat,
2: do they catfish that person to, like, get them to meet the person that they to? No. I don't oh, think okay.
0: it's like, from okay. the episode, I mean, they, they just, like, get into contact with them, kind of using the same methods that, like, they do on Catfish. Just yeah. trying to say, like, hey, we, we know somebody who you have this relationship with, and they want to contact you, like, and see wow. you in person. Will you do that?
2: Well, wow, it really is like a séance of sorts. Yeah. That's what
0: But I, I do think, in a lot of ways, like having having the access to technology that we do and how we use it to communicate with each other and find relationships and build relationships and pursue people and dating and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, it's it's easier to i would say like maybe leave somebody on red or go somebody or not talk to them anymore without explaining or having any closure that's what i'm looking for without like necessarily yeah. having any closure um because it can be so impersonal if when yeah. you're like looking at tinder a lot of people say all the time like if you're just swiping left and swiping right on people and they're just kind of like pictures and profiles to you it's easier to like kind of not do the things that you would do if it was people standing in front of you like mm-hmm. i'm sure like most people would agree that discourse would be different if it was in person versus if it was like just on your phone and on a screen so for sure yeah i think it definitely gets complicated it's not the it's not the same cases in every case with every person yeah. but it's definitely a good conversation to have or good thought to to dive into
2: definitely
1: <clears throat> yeah, there's uh, a book that I read, well, actually listened to the audiobook, called Modern Love and maybe, you know, depending on your point of view, the negative, positive, um, previously before technology, you know, in the early nineteen hundreds or a lot of dating or marriage ended up being people with you know, certainly within the same city, but oftentimes you know, on the same street, on the same block, or even in the same apartment. Now with technology, you know, and relationships, you can, you know, expand that uh, boundary. Um, and then, you know, have like a, a wider selection, find somebody, you know, with similar interest and all that good stuff. And then maybe also a negative with, with again, with that idea of being on red and, um, the book discusses you know with you, you know whether you're texting or a lot of messaging on social media platforms you can see that the other person you know read your message or you can also see them you know typing up the message and the big thing that the book discusses that may create some type of dependency on technology is you know you're deep into this conversation with this person and you see them typing up a message And then you see that message, you know, the type, you know, this person is typing that just disappears and they don't respond. So you're like, it's been an hour. It's been half a day. It's been two days a week. And then you're like, Oh, what happened? That type of thing. So that's a tough one to deal with.
2: Yeah. That's a really good point. I feel like expectations, you know, depending on where you want the process, not always communicated. Um, And Gosh, okay. Say something else. Oh, what you were talking about? Oh my, about communication, right? Sometimes it's really hard to understand tone through texting mm-hmm. or like, you know, um, any other sort of type measure, um, unless you're using that punctuation or you've got the emojis yeah. in, which some you people do, work. or uh, hey, yeah, you know what's like okay versus okay a what does that mean the period then not the period um yeah yeah, but like yeah it's a science and i'm sure there are plenty of books on it right um as there are for everything else but yeah thanks for also bringing up the expansion again um david because i feel like um you know with having the excess and um you kind of get to expand your mind and going back to what's like normalized and what's not in terms of um, on like Instagram posts or like Facebook or Snapchat or even TikTok and whatnot. You see these different types of relationships that do exist, these interracial um, relationships or, uh, you know, um, same sex relationships and whatnot. So um, having that type of uh, exposure. I guess, right, that type of exposure kind of speaks to people's possibilities and um, in terms of who they can connect with and maybe relationships that they might be able to pursue, right? Because some people who, um, you know, living in certain areas of the United States and even the world, a lot of that different type of diverse relationships can be um, taboo or not necessarily accepted.
1: For sure. Um. And then moving on to, like, bullying, harassment, abuse, there, there really isn't any positive to that. But um, a big thing in, you know, working with social media, uh, I've seen, you know, bullying and harassment, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty prevalent still. Specifically, especially, you know, you always hear, well, some people hear, you know, the YouTube comment section is toxic. Well, it's, it's, it can get pretty toxic, uh, not all the time, but it can get toxic um, with every social media platform with, you know, uh, a big thing that I see on since we're, you know, our youth program is trying to expand into like uh, TikTok, a lot of things, you know, the video TikToks are harmless, you know, they're, that's a person trying to do like a dance or you know, there there's a lot of videos, a big a big uh, amount of videos and trends about body positivity, and if you scroll in the comments far 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 enough, um, you're gonna see a lot of just like very toxic things that people say, and and that goes for other interests and stuff and like a lot of bullying, negative words, and that you know, coming in again with the anonymity, um, again, fake profile pictures and no other information. And uh, often a lot in certain social media groups and message boards, uh, people will, like, make these what they call, like, throwaway accounts. They'll see a video, they'll make this random account, and then for the sole purpose of bullying or just, like, critiquing things in a negative way, which – you know, that, that's not very good. Um, another big thing with uh, TikTok in particular is you can quote, like, uh, quote a comment, whether it's negative or positive, and as you make the video, the quote will be like on the screen. As you make your video, uh, the big trend is quoting a negative comment and then, you know, snapping back at that negative comment there are a ton of those videos which you know people you know standing up for themselves or showing people that you know bullying is not good at all but you know hopefully you know the bullying can uh stop ideally slow down stop but uh yeah that that's definitely one of the negatives
2: yeah I feel like um You know, for every negative comment, there's probably, like, you would hope, like, tens of thousands more positive ones, but it's always the negative ones that seem to, like, sting, right, and really get people, which can definitely affect self-confidence and self-esteem, which can lead to, like, unrealistic expectations of what you should strive for, and then people posting more, and it can definitely be, like, this this vicious cycle of just wanting to get likes and different type of attention. I think having... The different platforms and the access to technology in this way has um yeah it really affected people's images of themselves and others oh, yeah, for, sure. Um, for sure which is, you're which right. is definitely difficult you're
1: right that um for every negative uh comment there you know it's disproportionate there's plenty of you know positive and supportive mm-hmm. comments um so that, that's good, but uh, the one note that I completely forgot about in doing research for Instagram, Twitter, and hashtags, you know, some of the biggest hashtags are leg body positivity, um, you know, self-care, you know, take care of yourself, all that type of stuff, but I don't know how I got to see it, but there is a, I want to say popular, but there is like a pretty significant Hashtag amongst um, social media where I believe it's hashtag sometimes bullying is okay, which is, Ah! um, yeah, it's nuts. And a lot of it um, isn't, you know, like, you know, making fun of somebody's appearances, but it's like little things that people are interested in. What, you know, why are you playing that video game and not this one? Or why are you Mm -hmm. interested in that anime and not this one? And they'll, you know, just say some mean things in general, so.
2: Yeah, it's bullying is like of, a.
1: Yeah, yeah, Not, instead of having, you know, a conversation or even like a friendly debate or whatever, it's just like, they'll say you're stupid for liking this or you're stupid for doing this. So that, that hashtag in particular kind of shocked me. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's like a, there's definitely a big difference between like, if someone puts something online and it's hateful or it's untrue or it's, you know, negative or something like that, and then someone in the comments is like, okay, well, that was hateful or that was untrue or that's that's unnecessarily negative or, or something like that. Like, there's a difference between calling that out and then having it be, like, harassment or abuse or bullying, especially when, in that case, it's calling something out that is untrue or negative or or hateful instead of saying like, oh, we just have a different opinion. Like you like that game and I like this one, so I'm gonna start walling out on you because I think Black Ops is better than what Fortnite. Like something just <laughs> yeah, for, for Fortnite, ridiculous things yeah. like that. Like it's you're it, it's too much and it it does it doesn't make any sense to be doing that. But the, to try to compare it to, um. Just, just calling out nonsense or just calling out, like, things that are hateful. Like, it's... Those are two different situations when it comes to, like, commenting. But it's definitely a conversation to have about, like, how anonymity and distance affects, like, what the things that people will say, the things that people will do when it comes mm-hmm. to harassment, bullying, and abuse online.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, when we work with our youth health promoters, when we used to be able to get all together. Uh, you know, each of them have a lot of opinions. Um, so when we would get into conversations or debates or whatever, it's a, it's like friendly conversation. But, you know, when you have that virtual wall, it's, it's like the wild west.
2: Yeah, anything goes.
1: Yep. And let's talk about the technology's effects on privacy and security. Um, I yeah. It on it earlier. Um, Ooh, Black Beard. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, watch Black Beard <laughs> So, some of the negatives with privacy and security. Well, the positive is that, you know, everyday uh, companies are working on security. And I know that a big issue when working from home uh, first started this year. Uh, there was a lot of concern with Zoom and how, you know, hackers from other countries, because it's, uh, I think it's an international company or um, foreign company, uh, a, lo- a big issue was people were worried that, you know, bots and stuff are going to drop in, record their conversations, and just get, like, intel on them. But, um Zoom like immediately addressed though that security and built up their tech and everything's more encrypted, but that doesn't say there are, aren't are holes in security. Uh, like a big thing um, is like cloud storage. In general, cloud storage is encrypted, but again, it's it can be vulnerable. Um, like recently um, with a lot of celebrities a couple years ago and it's still going on, um, their, you know, iCloud accounts or their, you know, Microsoft Cloud accounts, they'll get leaked, you know. So, there's, like, personal pictures, some of their personal information, um, you know, will get leaked on the internet, and that can cause some, you know, a lot of embarrassment and in some cases has more or less ended some people's careers. Um, And then a lot – another big thing, again, working in social media is – there uh, there are tons and tons of you know ways of like checking into this location and uh, a lot of in some cases there are you know stalkers or general boyfriend boyfriend girlfriend situations where you can where they like track them they'll keep tabs on everything that you know they're partner or the person they're stalking, keep track of them, where they check in, um, look at their pictures, and, you know, see, like, they'll put together patterns. Uh, another big thing is with Snapchat, unless you turn off the setting, which is kind of buried in the settings, is, it's called like ghost mode. Uh, that's turned off, so anytime you're, even if you're logged uh, um, out of the snapchat um it'll show your location like your very specific location down to like the sh- you know the that, building that or the street the yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Dude, it, i was surprised when i saw that i was like oh my god <laughs> i can see everything that's a walmart and that's the tree that's next to the walmart like <laughs> is that a cart cool. is that a cart in the parking lot yeah
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yep, yep. a scary and, yeah yeah it's like when we you know it's not so it's I mean, for our youth health program, it's it's kind of a positive because, you know, like Omaya said a while ago, we would do, like, a lot of outreach and hand out information condoms and all that stuff. So, in that way, it's positive. But, uh, like, a, a creepy thing is when I was using our youth program's Snapchat and just posting random things about health information, sexual health stuff, it literally – when you zoomed in, you could see our like avatar, and it was literally exactly where I was standing. You know, you couldn't see the room, but the the part of the building you could see, and you know, I mm. just messed around and went to the other side of the building, and you could see the avatar like slowly drag to where I was that is yes. walking.
2: it's amazing technology tracking devices positives and negatives
1: yeah yeah for sure and um again on you know your point of view um there are some some other ways that it can be good um like if unfortunately a lot of people um you know, on dates, uh, they, you know, going out on blind dates or whatever, or meeting up with somebody, they can, you know, fear for their safety. So you can, you know, message a friend like, Hey, I'm going out on a date, you know, I'll keep in touch with you if anything's going wrong. And, um, you know, something does go wrong. Uh, there are ways, you know, where your friend can, you know, see where you are and, Uh, Hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but, you know, get police involved, all that stuff. Um, And then, I don't know, just a random thing that I thought about, uh, a service through my car insurance that I thought about, but then I was was like, it's really creepy, is with uh, Progressive and some other insurances, you can get, like, a little piece of tech installed in your car that keeps track of, you know, your speed, um and like accidents and the way you like break how hard you break mm-hmm. or sudden you break yeah. and if you're quote unquote a good driver your insurance can be lowered and lowered and lowered every month but then they're keeping track of you where you are and your habits which is, for me is kind of creepy so
0: yeah
1: i opted out of that geo tracking and all that stuff is kind of creepy um
0: it's- it just makes you think about like why they put that in there like when it comes to it Snapchat is a social media app and then like even, i think they have those features for facebook and instagram too do they not like where they can see your your location on those oh, yeah. thanks um but it makes you think when it comes to social media if if someone looked at it lightly and didn't think deeper about it they might be like okay well my friends can see where i am or something like that but if if someone's page is like public or something and that means everybody who visits their page can see where they are or maybe they're maybe some of the people that they are friends with on the app or on the page like they don't really know who they are but they are friended and they like have access to their page like if they are a dangerous person if they have um malintent and then they can find you easily like that, that could be a really dangerous, dangerous situation. So it makes you think, like, what was even the intent of the people who created that feature when it came to yeah. something like social media and not, not like a, not like, um, what's that app? Like, I know for Sprint, it has like the, the family tracker. Like, if it's like for parents yeah. or for family members or things like that, like you can be like, okay, well, I can see where they are if they're going on maybe a date. And maybe I need to figure out where they are. I can see where they are if, like, they're going on a field trip or somewhere in the city where I'm not there. So, like, that's made for that purpose. But when it comes to social media, it's just, like, that's a weird thing to have there.
2: Yeah. I would like to see how, if anything, there's, like, because I never looked into it, what the perk or, like, the advertisement for it would be.
0: Like, you know? I could see um, the, I could see, like, the advertiser trying to be like, oh, have your friends find you at any moment. You want to know where yeah. your friends are, just go see but like, or, like so connect sinister. to others.
2: <laughs> right. I'm yeah. sure yeah. there are definitely people out there who are like, you know, oh, that's cool, that's great, what up, you know, that's fine.
1: Yeah, I believe that and a general you know, like, idea. You can go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Sorry, dude. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I was just going to say, like, another scary part is that a lot of people don't know that they have that on right like people just be walking around and maybe thinking like oh that's not something that i want to utilize that's not something i want people to know but they don't know that the feature is switched on so like they're just walking around and people can see them and they just don't know it
1: right right sadly sadly enough uh like i said with snapchat those privacy settings are kind of like deep 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 deeply hidden I don't know if it's on purpose, but, uh, yeah, usually they're automatically on or set to public, which sucks. Even Yeah, yeah, yeah. And something that I learned uh, through some research is if you're using Google Maps or I think I believe Apple Maps has the same thing, if somebody, you know, uh, somebody you're in a relationship with or just some random person gets a hold of your Google or Apple iCloud account, they can see your activity on google maps or apple maps and see where you've been uh where you went to at what time what day so again that's like uh, a way of you know some people you know recognizing patterns of where someone's going to be and that uh that's also very very scary
2: so it's definitely good for like sharing content or like sharing information you know with with the people you want to share with but Being mindful that you maybe you don't want to be sharing all these different things with people, or depending on the friendships or relationships that you have, or the accounts that you have, knowing, um, you know, what those platforms offer and kind of how to monitor your own behavior and, um, yeah, your whereabouts in terms of
1: other people knowing. Yeah, the main idea, I believe, for, you know, with the social media checking in or, you know, seeing your place on the map. Um, Just like social media in general is like building groups or finding people with similar interests. Like uh, a lot of people will go out to a restaurant, maybe not so much now, but go out to a restaurant and like take a picture of their food and be like, this is my favorite restaurant. And then, you know, friends or whoever will be like, yeah, and that's my favorite one too. And just get into like a friendly conversation, but um sometimes it's it's it can't be bad but for the the primary reason was for building community similar interests and all that
2: i wanted to um loop around to what you had said about like maybe certain clouds or information being leaked especially in terms of like nudes because i think it mm-hmm. i think right Omae kind of helps to lead into our next segment which talks a lot about one topic in particular <laughs> um starts the p ends with a pornography (laughs) um you want to take us into that
0: um yes we could definitely go into that um so going into that sorry my brain is still thinking about like the relationship aspect under privacy and security (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: like my brain can, like, uh, more things
1: can definitely get you paranoid and you know now i kind of want to go into my personal social media and be like double check everything and be like okay private yeah. private private but anyway let's talk about the interesting stuff
0: <laughs> yeah it, it's all it's all on this. it's all interesting in their own ways um but yeah so last but not least let's talk about text effects sexual activity and pleasure and kind of like how that kind of has shifted the culture around um these things these these conversations so when we talk about technology and we talk about sexual activity we talk about pleasure and we talk about like access and things like that one of the first things that pops up in people's minds is pornography right there is so much more access to pornography now in this day and age than there ever was Right. And I, I think that's something that all people can kind of agree on. It, people can find it anywhere, pretty much at any time on any device. Right. So now we could like talk about like what are the positives of that fact and what are the negatives of that fact? And it's definitely like a, a hot topic and people have like a lot of a lot of different like strong opinions on this.
2: Um, I yeah,
0: guess starting out.
2: Oh, oh, sorry. What were we going to say, Sarah? I am sorry, I feel like I keep cutting you off on my today. I'll really apologize. No, um, we keep cutting each other off
0: because
2: <laughs> <laughs> I um I wanted to just clarify that when I made the jump from nudes to pornography, I wasn't saying that nudes are pornography. <laughs> um, you know, I support them in a safe space or however, you know, people don't want to take pictures of themselves, totally cool, right? Um but more so in like how those nudes can be used in terms of revenge porn that was Mm -hmm. like the jump i was trying to make just so we clear that up for everybody
0: (laughs) and even going back to that like how how traumatizing and how like devastating that could be for a victim of that going back to like Mm -hmm. privacy and security um yeah could never never overstate that enough Mm -hmm. but um, so going into the positives when it comes to this this new uh, this new level of accessibility when it comes to porn due to technological advances. So on the positive side, um, when it comes to more access to porn, I guess you could say it could be a positive in a way that people who want to watch it right don't have to go like to a rental store or an adult store or um or something like that to how to find something then get it and then have it and either buy it or then bring it back or something like that like it's if something if it's something somebody wants to watch they can easily go get access to that thing so that could be good in that everybody Like, there aren't as many barriers in the way um, for people who want to watch it and and stuff like that. But on the flip side...
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's just an extra level of privacy and people who might get embarrassed, you know, going to a store or whatever. Now, more than ever, you don't have to worry about that.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I feel like we usually talk about porn as still being, like, this taboo, dirty, disgusting thing, you know? Yeah. but it's, it's actually, you know, there it's okay, right? Um, I think like having the access has normalized porn for people. Um, you know, we know people are watching it, kids, right, in the classroom, I'm sure you've heard, I think I was in a sixth grade class last year and we were talking about, oh, porn, I've seen this, I've seen that, you know? Yeah. Um, which isn't like necessarily a bad thing because it can be educational. And, it can be not always depending on like what you are looking at. That's why we have these conversations with people, but it is like a form of entertainment, right? Um, Cause people are curious. And I feel like that's and in terms of education, like that's how people can learn, not saying that that's how they should learn, depending on what type of porn they are looking for or looking at, I should say.
0: Yeah, Um. it, it just goes back to that humans are sexual creatures. Sexuality is a big mm-hmm. part of what makes us who we are and wanting to view sexual images is nothing new under sun as long as there's been humans there's been a desire to do that as long as there's been humans there's been pornographic images whether it was on gay balls or now we have um all the the sites that people could go on and see it now so like it, it's just advanced over time but having that desire to be like okay i'm a sexual person uh and people want to view sexual images like that that right there is normal And it's part of like being a a human being being a sexual being right so in that in that aspect like having less barriers um to being able to do that is a good thing but on the flip side of like having that access and things like that you can also start having the conversation about negativity when it comes to the restrictions that are kind of like taken away like, if you're talking about, like, like you said, Sarah, when it comes to younger, younger people, um, like when it comes to kids, it's a whole conversation to have about, like, whether or not people are comfortable with them viewing, um, whether there are any restrictions in place that can really, like, prevent, th- prevent that, because, like, ki- pe- people who are younger, young people can easily find it. All those, like, restrictions that, are generally there that's like oh you have to be 18 or older you could easily click like oh i was born in said year that's 18 years ago and that's not gonna stop anybody from going um and then it's and then it's like brings in more conversations about like what why we feel like uncomfortable with um that and like what what should like kids be seeing or not seeing what should be like available or not be available that like is a whole other conversation Mm -hmm. but like losing those restrictions can can bring up a lot of problems um especially like when when you're talking about um i guess we're kind of like skipping ahead a little bit but when you're talking about like expectations like if someone is growing up and they're like having questions about like sex and sexuality like porn while it can be educational in some ways is also like not gonna be like the best way to learn about sex and sexuality because it's a performance it's right. a, it's a fantasy being played out it's not going to reflect real life it's not going mm-hmm. to reflect like real life what bodies look like real life what sex is going to look like real life what people do and so yeah. like turn, turning to it for education is not going to be a, a good thing so to speak in most cases
2: yeah um, the, uh, bit, yeah Go ahead, No, no, please, please continue I could just go on forever, you should stop me What was you gonna say? To <laughs> I don't want to ever stop you, Hmm. Yeah, it just, um, it gets
0: complicated
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot to speak on the content I was gonna say, yeah, the majority of porn that's out there is unrealistic um, You know, and it's, it's not always inclusive But I think now, since um, you know we have i don't know there are sites out there that cater to the inclusive you know the inclusivity of community and the different types of relationships or the different types of sex and they're not all like i feel fantasy or you know like the common idea that you know person with a penis person with a vagina you know treating one like a savage, I don't know, you know what I mean, like with violence and whatnot, but there are other types of um yeah, sites and and stories and whatnot that kind of help to to normalize um yeah, it, relationships.
0: It is true. Um that
2: is true that there are
0: with with technology being more advanced, um, there are definitely like more platforms out there where people can go and have different different kinds of um porn that is available for people like like you said that show um diverse partners that show um more realistic things that are, are more inclusive of different body types and shapes um and things like that so so that is true like there are more platforms for people to make that instead of relying on industries or or companies or whoever else that might like be creating and distributing this porn to try and have that inclusivity there. Um, so there is there is that, um, but a negative that comes to that you could say is that a lot of the times, hmm how could I loop this in? A lot of times like those sites that are more on the positive side when it comes to representation and when it comes to being, um, when it comes to being anti-exploitation, right? Because when you're talking about like pornography, a a big part of the conversation could be the people who are in the pornography, like, are they being exploited? Are they being paid? Are they being um, taken care of? Is it legal? (laughs) (laughs) Is is it legal? Um, Are they, they, do they have access to all the things that they should be having access to for for doing that work, right? so like those sites that are going to be like more inclusive and is are going to be um, anti-exploitation and are going to have like the people who are in there who are doing the sex work, getting all the things that they deserve. Um, mm-hmm. Those sites usually involve like payment or those sites are usually things that are going to maybe ha- be a little bit harder for people to access in a lot of ways, while the point that you would find that's like more mainstream, where it has right. like all those different issues, and is, is exploitation is really easy to to do on there because it's free and stuff right. like that. Like that's the stuff that people are going to like have the most access, access to because it's usually free, um, which ties into the exploitability because if it's free, then those people aren't getting paid the way they should, um, and and stuff like that. And it kind of like all kind of ties back into each other. Like, what are people actually actually gravitating toward and why definitely it gets it gets all types of complicated in in there um and then you can even talk about like more on the negatives on the when it comes to like access to porn and how technology has kind of changed it is you can talk about the categories and the different types that you can find like are often like based on harmful and accurate stereotypes um and often, like sometimes even hateful, like stereotypes and 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 tropes and things like that, and that can reinforce um all those things in societies. And it's kind of just like yeah, it's like this this feedback loop of all those things that exist into society, but it's just being reflected in porn because that's that's what that's what is kind of going around in society and culture is kind of consciousness, and yeah. it just like gets
2: reflected back. I would agree. That. Reinforces overemphasizes and maybe normalizes that type of behavior and kind of sets people up for unrealistic expectations whether it is regarding stereotypes or performance in general or how relationships works or what sex looks like um which i think can really kind of change people's minds and perspectives if especially if they are consuming a lot of and this i feel goes with anything if you're consuming a lot of negative or unrealistic content you know a uh, uh, copious amount for extended periods of time um it can definitely affect the way you operate and the way you think
0: mhm and then speaking of that i remember we were having a conversation not too long ago about dependence right if someone is watching a lot of um porn especially like from a especially like for a a period of years and having like um not being balanced in them watching porn and consuming porn and doing other things and things like that um watching it more than is a healthy balance for them then dependence on it can become like a conversation whether or not like someone can experience sexual pleasure or um stimulation without it or mm-hmm. whether or not someone can experience stimulation or sexual pleasure without things that are done in the things that they see, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, yeah, we obviously have a lot to say about pornography, and we should probably revisit the topic in yeah. another episode. Um, but, yeah, definitely multi What do you think, David?
1: Um, we can definitely make a... Uh, uh... Whole episode about uh, porn and its effect on society and technology, whether positive, negative, for sure.
2: <laughs> you know what else they use? Wait, well, yeah, right. Because I mean, depending on what people are into, you're always going to find it on the internet, right? Whether it's a type of pornography with like food or blow up dolphins or you know what are sex toys right there's just it goes on and on and on and on but um i feel like that's another thing that we should hit on before we kind of end is like the advancements in sex toys and pleasure and whatnot
1: yeah they're a lot more accessible um like other things but there are uh, a lot a lot more ways to get them um, Like, I remember before Amazon and a lot of online shops, uh, when I was younger, we would go into, like, Spencer's, Spencer's Gifts um, at the mall, and, you know, we would look at all the band T-shirts and random piercings, Um, and then once you get to the back, it was a lot of, like, sex toys and all that, and, you know, at the time, we are just giggling at it and all that stuff, but now uh, you can get them anywhere. Basically, uh, especially online, the ease of access is uh, there's not a whole lot of barriers to it, um, which can be a good thing. Like with Amazon, there's like a whole section. Um, And then other websites like AdamandEve.com, I believe. There are so many different types of of sex toys and advances in sex toys. Um, And I think I think I. I kind of believe that it's a that can be a really positive thing for people that are you know helps them explore their body um and interests but um what else yeah saving saving you know again similar to accessing porn instead of going into a store you can get the stuff online and it's um generally all discreet packaging so you know avoiding you know, if you if you get embarrassed with those type of things, um, there's a lot a lot of ways you can do it a little more privately. So, yeah.
2: Oh, my. Did you want to go back talking to porn? I don't want to, like, cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like. I I no, actually. Thank you for asking though, because like, yeah. Literally, we could probably have our own, uh, like, a whole other episode just talking about like all the ins and outs just on porn, because there's, there's so much to say. Um, there's so much to there's so much nuance. I think that's a good way to put it. There's so much nuance involved. Um. But I think it's a good place to cut it where we cut it.
2: What was that, notes David? That. So making notes making for it. Notes Oh you are. That making notes for the next yeah, we
0: will yeah. see. Maybe stay tuned for that. Um, but getting into sex toys. Um, just seconding a lot of seconding, seconding a lot of what David already said. Um sex toys are a world away from what they used to be till now i think one of the first sex toys that ever um oh wait no am i am i lying about history there's i would say like there's there's history of like thousands of years ago people having like um shaped things used for sex toys there and then going forward there's like the history of like where the first vibrator came from um decades ago like and stuff like that so from there all the way till now where we have like a toy for anything that you could ever want <laughs> literally you could find it because of technological advancements and so definitely it it's transformed the sex toy game and the pleasure game for sure um like david said it's great that through technology, through being able to order online, through being able to, like, order on your computer or on your phone. Like, at a from the click of the finger, you could, like, get a new toy sent to you without having to be embarrassed about, like, going into a store and having to pick something and then buy it and then walk out and then possibly, like, being embarrassed about, like, being found out, so to speak, about, like, whatever you got. Because there's still, unfortunately, a lot of taboo around like pleasure and sex toy use in relation to like pleasure that's definitely definitely on there yeah uh, within
1: the conversation yeah we'll get into like safety and quality uh in a second but like a seg to segue into it and uh getting back to like the history and uh different materials i believe one of the early early um uh evidence of sex stories where in like ancient egypt where you know phallic shaped uh items uh dildos if you want to call it that uh the ancient egyptians used like i believe it was like different types of stone or even wood which Mm -hmm. uh, isn't necessarily the most hygienic or safe safe uh yes,
2: but they i know <laughs> they didn't yeah. yeah they were just with what they have like any decent person does <laughs> like we gotta be resourceful <laughs> <What> is,
0: <laughs> the rounds?
2: um yeah. before we go into yeah kind of talking about materials i think um you know having the advancement in um sex toys and you know, normalizing their use and whatnot has also really put the power back in the individual in terms of pleasure as well, and not having to rely on um, a partner or in relationships using sex toys together, right? People still kind of look at that as being, I think, Amaya, you were saying this um earlier, you know, oh, you have to use a sex toy. Like, I don't make you feel good. You know, I can't do that for you. Like, why do you have to rely on this? But it can be, you know, why not both? Or what are some other ways that we can, you know, spice up our relationship? Or even when it comes to different types of communities like the BDSM and whatnot, um, having, uh, you know, different types of um, toys or tools and whatnot to enhance people's sexual experiences um, and their perspectives. And I think, you know, that really speaks to the type of culture and the shift in it that has happened as a result of making these things available, accessible, um, you know, encouraging people to explore in their own way in their own time um, and whatnot.
0: Um, Sarah, I think you definitely bring up a, a good point and a like a, a nuanced point where when it comes to the conversation of sex toys and partner use, um, like you said, a lot of the, some of the conversation when it comes on the negative side um of sex toys that like kind of happens is like well why do you need a sex toy if i'm here as your partner or um they're unrealistic like because someone or the idea that because someone is using a sex toy that like vibrates or or does some other maneuver that humans can't do like there's some conversation around like partners feeling inadequate because or feeling like or feeling like their partner who uses sex toys more regularly has an unrealistic expectation of what that partner can do pleasure wise, because they can't vibrate and they can't do whatever maneuver because humans can't do that. Like humans, humans aren't machines and sex toys are machines. Right.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, So that conversation about like unrealistic expectations in terms of pleasure or that conversation about like what, where where sex toys or where pleasure from sex toys can come in as opposed to in, in relationship with where partners can come in and what they can do um in a, in a sexual situation for pleasure like all, all that kind of like gets um jumbled up and wrapped up into this conversation but um what i would say is that sex toy a sex toy at the end of the day is a tool that someone could use for pleasure um, and if someone wants to use that either alone or within a partner, it's I think a good way to look at it is it's just something that you could bring in that could add to whatever pleasure is happening. That could put uh, have a sensation that could come in that you otherwise couldn't get. And maybe looking at that positively instead of looking at that as something that something that you
2: can't do. Yeah, or you're competing against
0: yeah like exactly like a competition like with with a with a machine or an object like more like a a supplemental thing that could make both partners in the situation happy um and experience more pleasure that they otherwise might not or experience it in different ways that they otherwise otherwise yeah that's the word otherwise (laughs) might not and so like definitely a nuanced conversation um but yeah I, i think that's a good way to look at it Um, but another thing, another thing that we could talk about in terms of sex toys on the negative side, and people don't usually have this conversation, but it's definitely important to have because it's surrounding safety. When it comes to sex toy safety, um a lot of that kind of gets put to the wayside about first when it comes to um material. Um, we said that sex toys are now more accessible than they've ever been. And that is absolutely true and that is a good thing but when there's more demand for something the the what is it demand and supply like the supply will like catch up to meet that demand as much as it can and in that like catching up to getting that supply like up to par to meet that demand a lot of safety regulations and um precautions can kind of go out of the window and so a lot of sex toys are being made poor quality with materials that can be harmful or in ways that can be harmful or unhealthy to the user and so it's really important to know like where are you getting sex toys from um do they have like any warnings on them what are the materials is it body safe um and then also another thing to think about is the the little thing that the little warning that it says on there that could be like for novelty use only mm-hmm. or something like that. Like that comes on a lot of um things that people consider sex toys. Like if it's saying for novelty use only, that can sometimes be a way that the companies that make those toys can kind of how would you say deflect responsibility if any harm comes to the buyer From using that toy So it's important to like Check the quality um, When it comes to sex toys That people are buying
2: Which you can do With access to information From your smartphone Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. yes. And When all, you have <laughs>
1: access on, <laughs> on all of these like Online specialty shops And Amazon In general Those are safe But again like Read into the details And any uh, disclaimers But other places you got to be very wary about like places like wish.com um they do have some good products in general not just sex toys but they do sell a lot of varieties of sex toys for i mean ridiculously cheap prices which is can be an indicator of bad quality or or harmful uh, materials so yeah just doing your research Kind of, you, you know, just uh, yeah. a safety measure. Yep. And
0: adding to that research, adding to that research, um, to that research yes, the, the materials, the actual quality of the sex toy, where it's coming from, and stuff like that. But also, sex toy mm-hmm. safety outside of that is learn how to take care of your toys, like mm-hmm. whether or not you should be using a condom with that toy, um, using condoms if you're sharing it between two people learning Cleaning about them. like what lube, yes how, how to clean them do you yes. need to get a special yes, cleaner can you use soap do you boil them can you sterilize them like what how do you can you take care of that toy and then also even what lubes are safe to use with that toy for example if you use a silicone based lube with a silicone based toy the lube will basically break down that silicone based toy and so not only will the toy be destroyed but if someone uses it with that silicone breaking down it can be dangerous for them so even learning about what lubes you can use with those, um, yeah. that's all definitely research and work that you have to put in if you want to maintain sex toy safety.
2: Take care and of your toys. Take care of yourself. Take care of anybody else who's using that toy. Yes.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: Beautiful. Take care bow. of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else have anything to add in terms of sexual activity and pleasure with the help of technology?
1: Um, I just think in general, the overall thing with technology, um, that it it can help you explore, explore your own body, um, especially if you're beginning to get sexually active or or just learning what you like. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's a tool in success in the hands of the right people. (laughs) let's wrap it up did you have anything else on my before we move on that was very nice david thank you for saying that
0: uh i think i have said my piece
2: (laughs) all right let's wrap it up did you like that y'all didn't know i was gonna do it okay so what (laughs) do what do we think when it comes to To our buzzword of today, technology, the computers, the phones, the platforms, um, and its effects in terms of accessibility, so getting that information, do we think accessibility to, yeah, content or whatnot is the same with technology, it's worse with technology, or it's better with technology than it was not having technology? David, go.
1: Because I'm like the tech guy, the social media guy, for. Of uh, Hudson Planned parent. I, you know, I, I I'm very pro technology, um, but uh, so you know, like I said, better access to toys and sources to you know learn what you like, self pleasure, all of that stuff. But that's not to say that you know technology uh, doesn't have its downfalls. Um, again, with like privacy, security. Um, And then, you know, again, the bullying, harassing, or exploitation of people. Um, But I think similar to, like you said, with negative positive comments on social media, I think, I personally think that uh, the positives outweigh the negatives, but, you know.
2: Fair, fair. Oh my! Do you want to speak to accessibility, or do you want to talk about connections and relationships? Same, better, um,
0: worse. I I could do both. I
2: could. She can do both. <laughs> both.
0: Um, when it comes to accessibility overall, I agree with David. I think it is better. Like I think the positives outweigh the negatives when it comes to um technology and accessibility. Um. And all the all the negatives can kind of get sussed out, but I think the positives definitely win in that aspect. Um, when it comes to connections and relationships, I think I think that overall, Mm-mm. all considered, all encompassing. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes,
2: yes, 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 yes. Uh,
0: I think it's more on the positive side. I, I think, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you're struggling. It's okay.
2: <laughs> it's <one of> the <laughs> you can, can still we stay.
0: We had a lot to we had a lot to talk about. Um, when it comes to like connections and relationships, um, and technology's effects on it. But I think overall, I think relationships have benefited more than they have not from having technology
1: being involved. Mm -hmm. There's a wider, a more broad type of people that you can meet and you could, you know, explore, you know, similarities or, you know, differences. And there's just a wider audience, I guess. And like I said, you know, (coughs) years and years ago, generations ago, uh, you were kind of limited to, you know, a block or your apartment. You know, and that's how a lot of people back in the day um, used to connect in relationships. But like now, we have more options. And besides, I don't, didn't like a lot of my neighbors. So I'm, really <laughs> not, I'm really not eliminated by that. So. Uh,
2: zing. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny, David. Okay. So we've got, in terms of accessibility and connections relationships, y'all are both like better, better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so you can change your mind, guys. You can always change your mind, no matter where you are. <laughs> you can always change your mind.
0: It would be better. I think that, yeah, it eats it, it, itself out on the better side.
2: Okay. What about privacy and security? David, same better worse?
1: I, I think it, it's tough to say, you know, generations ago because there was a lack of technology. But in recent years, I think overall, It's gotten better. Like I mentioned, uh, a lot of these tech companies are starting to improve their their security and ways of encrypting information. But at the same time, you know, hackers and and people who are a little more tech savvy, um, they're also developing their skills and and their technology um, for negative purposes. You know things aren't, uh, you know, iClouds and security things aren't aren't um, aren't you know they're they're vulnerable vulnerable to to like leaks and and all that stuff. But that, again, I think the uh, security positives definitely outweigh the negatives for the most part.
2: So you're on the better side.
1: Yeah, better. All
2: right, better for David. What about my Yay nay. Uh, We're struggling again. It's cool. You can't be taken lightly. <laughs> Whatever you say on this podcast exists forever. Oh god. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we are growing individuals. Yes. With changing perspectives, and that is okay. Yep. And allowed. So for the sake. What are we
0: thinking? Okay. Uh <laughs> I think in terms of privacy security as it relates to sexual health and sexual wellness. Uh and relationships and things like that privacy and security i don't know if it's better i felt i don't think it's better uh <laughs> for it so maybe you can out on the worst side <laughs>
2: okay you, yeah, weren't really too much of a fan of the creepiness of geotracking and whatnot. No. As ne- not many of us were, though, to be fair, to be fair. Yeah, you know, yeah. there,
0: there's that, but I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, Dave, were you
1: going to say No, yeah, especially with the geotracking, um, a lot of that, like I said, automatically turned on. So there are really good measures of security, but a lot of those type of settings, um, they rely on the individual user to know that those features are on or are there. So that is kind of a downfall.
2: You've got the power. Uh, Yes.
1: uh,
0: Yeah, there's those like uh, measures, like then that could be with anything, with any tool there could be a way to use for positive use or for negative use. Um, And there are ways Mm -hmm. to kind of mitigate like that negative use. But in just thinking, what the danger is that someone might have been in in terms of private security before a lot of the technolo- technological advances of the last like few years versus the things that people can do now i think more things can happen to you now in terms of privacy and security as a result of technological advances than they could before they came around,
2: mm-hmm. I see what you're saying, like, just, and I just agree.
0: More, just in danger of just with 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 new things be, being invented, yeah. Right? And then even the yeah. things that you used to be in danger of, like or were in danger of before, like stalking or or um
2: uh, words terms <laughs> it's like exacerbated it's like
0: yeah like all those things are still a danger but they could be exacerbated and done even easier because technology yeah. is the evolution been, yeah and so like i think i i think while like there's definitely like positives and negatives on both sides overall i just think like more things can happen to you now so maybe we out on the worst side, but worse. Nuance to everything. So it's, it's so hard to pick. One. <laughs> <laughs> nuance this is a very like nuanced conversation, so it's hard to be like one or the other. But I think I feel better with saying worse when it comes to privacy and security.
2: Yeah. And overall, things are not absolute. We know this. We know mm. this. All right. In terms of sexual activity and pleasure with technology, same, better, worse. Oh my god. Uh, oh David, go. Brother. I wasn't switching up and you, oh, you yeah, fell. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> go ahead, David. You're coming out hot.
1: No, I don't no, want to stop the momentum. It. Switch it up. Oh okay. let's switch it up. Oh my.
0: All right, going first. There we go. Um in terms of sexual activity and pleasure, I think um it's all encompassing. I think it's on the better side. I think the positivity kind of ekes it out on this one. Um, always, as always, like going back and like, there's ones in this conversation. There's a, this a, blah, blah 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 blah. But I think um, overall, uh, technology has been a plus when it comes to when it comes to this realm.
1: David, uh, David. All right, uh, <laughs> I am way 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 on the positive side. Um, The the negatives are like a little blip in comparison to the other categories, but um, again, my big thing is there is uh, a variety uh, and so many diverse types of, you know, sex toys and materials that you can have that, you know, where you can explore your body, explore your sexuality, all that stuff. The, the that blip of negativity is like we discussed not too long ago. Uh, the the quality of materials, quality of products, but I think uh, like what uh, I a lot of people do, I personally do. You know, when we're buying random things on Amazon, you know, a toy or like a piece of tech or whatever, like reviews, reviews, reviews. We always look at reviews and or even like with movies, we'll look up reviews first. Um, we should also be doing that with sex toys or, you know, any pleasurable materials. Um, and like you said, looking, looking at any like uh, warnings or, you know, labels and all that stuff. We do it with food if we look at labels. Um, so we should definitely do the same with uh, sex toys for sure.
2: Good Your sex safety research. Yeah, good tip. Pun intended, and I will you- have to agree. Yes, thank you, Amai. <laughs> I will have I have to agree. Um, overwhelmingly off the charts in terms of uh things being better um with pleasure and sexual activity um the only thing that i'm not better on is privacy and security because it Ooh, freaks whoa, me not... out right i understand i understand that you know this is the world that i am living in um you know i am to a degree a product of the times right so uh in my short young life i really only you know the majority of it i've been fortunate stay fortunate enough to experience it with technology. Um, so yeah, but privacy and security just kinda wakes me out. I understand, looking forward to the future, see what's gonna happen on the other side of things. But um, yeah, I'm a better, I'm a better gal for the most part. So thank you for asking. Um, any other closing comments, concerns before we say bye-bye? Mm,
0: closing comments <laughs> concerns. So oh, many. Oh. <laughs>
1: uh, the, the big takeaway for me, anyway, is, you know, in terms of technology, negatives, positives, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's the right word, but like a race. You know, uh, it's like there are negatives and positives, um, advancements, and all that stuff. It, it, they're all advancing, um, they're both advancing. Yeah but i think the positives are winning the race i would you know for lack of better terms maybe
2: yeah positives outweighing the negatives like the opposite sometimes in the comments that you read on the internet yeah yeah, i like that (laughs) thank you david Mm -hmm. um i would say
0: for moi um i would say that this is a Uh, again i love this word because it always it always just works this is a very nuanced conversation (laughs) um and so um everybody listening definitely think about like what you would say in these um in these conversations oh my god my cat is sneezing i'm sorry (laughs) i got got distracted (laughs) he's sneezing really hard um But yeah, sorry. So go and think (laughs) about what you would what you would what what are your opinions on these topics, these conversations, these different like little bullet points within like this realm of interest. Um and yeah, yeah, thinking about like What do you think about these things?
2: Solid deal. And there it is, right? Your rap on technology, sexual health, from our mouths to your ears. Omai has asked, I will echo. I'm sure David will as well. What do you think about the effect, right? Is it affecting you? I'm sure it is some way or another. Um, Is it better now? Is it worse? Is it the same as before? I think we'll let you decide in the meantime be sure to check us out on all our, our social media handles which you can probably find after we post our episode um but yeah till we meet again thanks for listening and bye bye <laughs> and
0: we're out Thanks for joining us on Spilling the Tea with UHPP, where TEA stands for Truth, Education, and Advice Surrounding Sexual Health. Keep your cups and koozies on deck for the next one. Toodaloo!